This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what is up? My name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me today, as always, my good friend Tony Defio, my even greater friend Shannon White. Not saying Tony Tony Defio is not a great friend because he is actually one of my personal heroes. Uh, actually, sticks up for me when people rip on what I do here. So that's why I love Tony so much. We're like bros, and Shannon's my. Uh, yeah, I spent nine years in West Virginia, so. I, I I love me the West Virginia way. Good man, Shannon White. How are you, gentlemen? Tony, what's going on? Oh, I'm 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 doing uh, great. Uh, despite Sunday, I'm doing great. And if you want a piece of Brian, you have to go through me first. Or Shannon, <laughs> I'll take care. I'll take everybody on. I don't care. You know, at least it's, on the on the internet anyway. It, it's kind of like I'm building a professional wrestling stable, and That's we right. always t- joked about how we're the four horsemen. Well, we're the three horsemen right now. Um, I compared myself for a long time to Ric Flair. Not that I'm great like Ric Flair, because I'm not. But Tony is was always the enforcer, Arn Anderson. Who's, who's Shannon? Is Shannon like Ole Anderson? Who would Shannon be? Hmm, I don't know. That's a good question. He seems pretty uh, uh, stable and reasonable. But he, <laughs> but he also seems like somebody would just like, psh, if you, if you uh, cross him. Maybe he's our uh, Tolly Blanchard. There you go. Yeah, cerebral assassin kind of thing. There, there you go. We'll just we'll just have to do three. Okay, Shannon White, how are you, my friend? Still licking my wounds after yesterday, but uh, hopefully the show will be a release of some frustration, and uh, we can talk it out. You know, that's that's what I need it a couch. is. It's like we can we can all hug it out from a distance here because. I'll give you guys a big hug. You know, uh, that's what this show's all about. We talk about the hangover. There's those great hangovers like last week. That was a celebration hangover. This week is a, oh my goodness, what have I done? Who have I slept with type of thing? You know, so this this is just, you know, this is a bad hangover. And we didn't get them until week 12 last season. The, right. the team was 11 and 0. So we didn't have to deal with that until December. So it, w- it was really different so this week you know it's a reality check and i want you to check out the scobro show tomorrow night they're going to be talking about this the steelers are who we thought thought they are from the the beginning but the title of this show gentlemen is the steelers hit a pothole in the loss to las vegas but it's a long season and so that's what we're going to discuss here tonight as always we always want to welcome in the very first one in the live chat tonight, it's our good friend from State College, Brad Jewett. He's still sad. It's okay to be sad because Shannon said something that sparked me, and we've talked about this all along. We're a support group. All these shows are a support group when the team loses, where we celebrate when they win. You know, that's that's kind of what we do. 
So let's look on the bright side of this loss and try to find that silver lining. And But first, I want to ask you both your knee-jerk reactions from yesterday's game. So I'm going to start with Mr. Shannon White. What was the first thing you thought when Henry Ruggs pulled that ball in and you knew that this game was over? That they were one and one, and I thought they were going to be one and one after two games, but they won the game I thought they was going to lose, and they lost the game I thought they was going to win. But, you know, we're still where we thought we were going to be. Um, they they have the same issues that we thought they were going to have all along, that we warned everybody that the offense was going to take some time, the take time for the line to gel, and uh, nobody could see the injuries coming. That's the great unknown, and it played a huge role yesterday. But uh, I was mainly frustrated because I knew that the negative negativity and the overreactions that was coming there's overreactions after a victory, but it's twice as bad after a loss. So I, I knew that was coming, and uh, that was my main sense of frustration. Tony Defio, how about you? What was your knee-jerk reaction when Ruggs pulled it in and then there were zeros on the clock, and it was all over but the crying? It's uh, My knee-jerk reaction is that the, the, the uh, strength of this team is defense, and when you have five – uh, prominent, really, defensive players, stars. I mean, your best player on your team all uh, go out either before the game or during the game. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to make up for that. I mean, the offense, it is what it is. You know, it, it's it's going to be, a, as Shannon said, it's going to be a struggle for quite some time. It might never, they might never truly get over the hump and be a potent offense this year because, you know, Ben's 39. The, the, the line is, is, is not what it was uh, when it was the, the class of the league a few years ago. So uh, when, when the defense doesn't can't uh, carry the load, uh, most of the load, it's going to be hard for this team to, to, to win games. So that's my re- knee-jerk reaction. They, they need this defense to be uh, the, the, the dominant force that it's been since 2019 in order to be a, uh, a true contender and, and, or at least a competitive team. And, and when it's compromised like it was yesterday, it, it's hard to overcome. Okay, Tony, I, I'm going to bring up Joey Jr., Rochester's own, because I respect this comment here. I respect what you said about the injuries, and I do have something that, that I'm going to say about that. But Joey Jr. wants to say this, and this was before you spoke. So this is not a reaction to what your comments and your knee-jerk reactions. But Joey said, I don't want to hear anybody talk about injuries. Look up at what Baltimore just did against the Kansas City Chiefs last night. Now, my rebuttal to that is you're absolutely correct, but I want to talk about the injuries on defense to the Steelers. They came late. And when I'm talking about them coming late, they came on the last injury report, and that was Friday. Right. Joe Hayden and Devin Bush Jr. came out on Friday. The game plan's... Everything's worked out. You had a week of practice. That's your final injury report. So when those guys are done, you don't have the opportunity to make changes. You have to do things on the fly at that point. Then in game, you lose Tyson. You lose number 94 for the season with that ankle break, which was unfortunate because I think Tyson is one of those... Alulu is one of those guys that, how do I put it this way? He he's 
one of the unsung hearts of that defense. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. saw how excited that the team was when he got COVID and decided that, oh, I couldn't go to Jacksonville. Yeah. I would rather be in Pittsburgh. And the so, fans, too. The fans, too. So he's – and what he when he came out on Twitter and social media thanking Pittsburgh and, you know, saying he's, he's going to get better, but where his heart is, you know, that's fantastic. I get that. But Tyson goes out. Then Watt goes out. When they go out in-game, when you lose two big – important players like that in game there's not much that you can do on that and you can practice for you know knowing that you have two very good outside linebackers in high smith and melvin ingram i i think nobody's upset with that signing of melvin mm-hmm. ingram i think people love it more and more each week right but that is set up to be a three-man rotation now right and when that three-man rotations gets disrupted, those guys get gassed a little bit. But the thing is, we see how TJ makes players better. Of course, TJ makes everybody around them better. Tyson makes everybody better with what he's doing. Cam does too. Those guys, there's a certain players that make those players better. So I think when you're talking about the defense – that's that's really where you're at there. That's why it it's really tough because you can compare it to Baltimore, but Baltimore had time to game plan around losing those guys. So that's all I want to say on that. But now I have a question for you fellas, and I'm going to throw it to you so I don't talk way too much here. <laughs> and my, my question is this. Do you see how important Joe Hayden is at this point? And is he probably the second or third most important guy on that defense or maybe the most important guy on that defense? Shannon, I'll start with Tony. Oh, uh, threw me off there. Well, I mean, last week, did you, did we even talk about Joe Hayden and he was covering, wasn't he covering Stefan Diggs? And yep. and you really didn't, you, you talked about TJ Watt, of course, Ingram, uh, name all the, you know, Hayward, the, the game that he had, you, you didn't mention Joe Hayden. But Stefan Diggs was a non-factor mostly last week. So it just goes to show you how, how important he is. And he's clearly their best cornerback. And he's right up there with Minka as far as how important he is to that secondary. So for, for him not to be in that game yesterday, that's huge. I mean, you had, it, it threw everything out of whack. Yeah, Pierre played 100% of the snaps. Uh, uh, it, it, it changed what, what Cam Sutton had to do. Uh, it changed what Minka Fitzpatrick had to do. It, it just changed so much. Uh, you, had, you had to bring in, you know, Witherspoon and these guys that the play. Justin Lane had to come in, so it just changed the compl- the entire complexion of that secondary. Just not having him in there, so he's definitely up there as far as important defensive players. And when he's not in there, it's a huge loss. Shannon, how important is Joe Hayden to you? Um, well, he's the leader of the secondary. Um, you know, all the guys take their cues from him. Um, you know, he, he's, you know, whether he's on their best receiver or not, uh, his knowledge of the game, uh, he'll break on passes and break up passes, uh, on, on, you know, in zone that guys that didn't even cover him. And, uh, with him not being in there, like Tony said, it, it, it forced people into action that the stores didn't necessarily want to have in action or ready for prime time yet. 
uh, Witherspoon being matched up with Ruggs on that go route there, uh, you know, the long touchdown was a mismatch and a disaster waiting to happen. He's just not even familiar, that familiar with our schemes yet. And Fitzpatrick took the blame for that, uh, which is kind of like men taking the blame for all the offensive problems. You know, that's what your stars do. But, um, you know, again, there was just guys playing that we didn't necessarily want to see out there yet. Uh, Doesn't mean Witherspoon won't be a good player eventually for us, but, uh, you know, that was a huge play in the game. The week before, uh, similar situation, Josh Allen overthrew the ball. Uh, Derek Carr did not. Uh, All the good fortune that the Steelers enjoyed against the Bills, uh, strip sack by what Hayward recovers it. Yesterday, Mm -hmm. strip sack by what they don't recover it. Uh, You know, there was just some very questionable uh, uh, calls, other things that went along. But, um, you know, this happens. You know, they're not going to win every game. Uh, But if you look at the records I've seen, when Hayden and Bush have been out, the Steelers haven't won a game. Hmm. And part of the reason, you know, if you're going to compare it to the Ravens, You'd say, Hayden, if the Ravens lost Humphrey, he's a cornerback. If they lost Queen at inside linebacker, you know, that'd be the equivalent to Bush. Um, if they lost the uh, Cassius, or what's his name, Campbell, their, their best defensive interior lineman, um, you know, you start taking them guys off of their defense, it might have been a different game. But also, their defense wasn't that great last night. You know, their offense scored a bunch of points and they was able to win. Um, but it's not apples to oranges, you know, apples to apples. It's more apples to oranges uh, the, with the injury front. All teams got to deal with them. But right. as you said, the way the ours happened, uh, they didn't have time to do anything. It happened in game, you know, or right before the game. So, um, yeah, but Hayden is it's really invaluable to that secondary. Uh, almost to the point you kind of wish they had extended him when he wanted to, but you understand why they didn't because of his age. Right. <laughs> Does this change things now? Are the Steelers, are the Steelers right now? Hey, it would be a knee jerk reaction to do so. Mm-hmm. And they'll probably let it play out the way it does because Hayden's situation might change at the beginning of the year, but it almost makes you think it's like, ah, do we need to wrap up this guy? But then you say, the magic numbers 33 years of age and that draw that that window shuts fast on corners right you know one year they're there next year boom so you know that's the kind of thing you got to think about there so you know once again the name of the show is it's a long road but they definitely hit a pothole but it's not time it's not time to take this car to the junkyard yet is it tony no, no, but I mean, I could see where people would be frustrated because what you're seeing with the offense, it's only two games, but it's 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 what we've seen from them since really the second half of the Titans game last year, right before Halloween. Jeffrey Benedict mentioned that a lot last year. Something happened in that game where where they figured out the Steelers and what they were doing, and and it's just it's, right now it just doesn't feel like an offense that that can do damage to any defense. I don't care what the defense is; they all look the same against them. Every defense look, looks dominant against this offense right now, and that's what's so frustrating about it. It's like they all figured out a way 
the way to, to, to slow them down and, and the Steelers haven't been able to adjust to it uh, going over two seasons now. And, that, and that's why it, it's frustrating. It is a bump in the road. And I am still confident that this team can be a, a contender and, and, and remain competitive in the AFC North. But, you know, sooner or later, you're, you're going to have to make progress with this offense or, or it's just going to be it's going to be a long year. Shannon, talk us down off the ledge right here. Give us some hope. Well, I think there's plenty of hope. Um, I think, again, it's overreaction. Um, Harris is limited uh, by the offensive line, which we knew was going to struggle early. Um, You know, somebody was talking about how much money the Steelers have invested in the offensive line. It's half of what the Ravens has in theirs, and it's not even close to the Browns or the Chiefs. Um, But they have a lot of youth and – uh, you know, it's just going to take a little bit of time, but we haven't seen really Harris and Farmuth. They're the two new guys this year. They're the they're the the potential difference in last year's offense. Um, they we've only what Harris has caught just a few passes. Uh, he hasn't really uh, until his touchdown yesterday on that reception. He really didn't get a one-on-one, you know, matchup in the open field, uh, you know, by catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, I haven't seen any crossers. I haven't seen him float through the line and catch a ball in the middle of the field, which is open. Uh, Friermuth and, and Ebron isn't working the middle or the seams. Um, you know, part of that is because of the defenses that we're seeing. But the potential's there. Uh, the execution isn't. Um, you know, we can hold out hope that that's going to change. Um, and, and I think it will. Uh, but I think a lot of times it's expectations. Um, you know, the winning in Buffalo set unrealistic expectations for the first quarter of the season. And we're seeing it with all the comments. I mean, people just, you know, they, they've lost that. There is no such thing as patience. If you draft a quarterback in the first round, you're playing him within the first quarter of the season. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just a given. And, uh, you know, the young guys can't say it anymore. And we've got a lot – four guys on offense, young guys is playing a lot. Well, five, counting for you. Uh, and so there's going to be some bumps in the road. They right. hit a puddle. They might have been a rim. I mean, you know, they might have to, uh, you know, not just bust the tire. They might have been a rim. But, uh, you know, it's going to be all right. Uh, you know, there's no reason to panic yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. Actually, glad you said that, Shannon, because that's something I kind of forgot about, and I kept in mind all last week. It's like they have so many young guys starting on offense, not just not just uh, contributing, but starting. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's not it's not going to be easy right away. And and, and you have a, a kind of a disconnect with Ben and these young guys, and, and they're trying to get on the same. You see it all the time with. Big Ben and, and Deontay Johnson, they're, they're, they're not on the same page, and they're, they're both trying to learn a new offense. So it is it is uh, good to keep in mind that there are a lot of young guys on this offense that, that have to contribute. And if they don't have success this year, it's, it's going to be rough. So it's, that's a lot to put on their shoulders. So, Tony, let me ask you this. Are the right young guys starting, especially on that offensive line? Oh, I, I mean – as far as I think everybody's excited about uh, Kevin Dotson, there's no question there. And, and then Kendrick Green, you know, he might not 
be there yet, but you, you, lo you love the passion and the fire from this guy. And you saw it all day long yesterday. I mean, he knows all about the Raiders rivalry already. I mean, he, he, he was, uh, he was uh, well on his way to being uh, a main fixture in this rivalry for years to come. And Dan Moore, he played so, so well in the, uh, in, in, in the preseason, you have to uh, like what he can do moving forward. The only one I'm, I'm concerned about is, uh, is Shooks, and he's not so young anymore. I mean, he's, what, his year four? And, you know, you saw that one play with Max Crosby. He just shoved him on his back, and that uh, the one play where Ben had to get rid of the ball to save his life. I mean, he's Max Crosby. He's, he's pretty good, but he's not Howie Long. And, and you know, Shooks should, should be winning. Uh, he, shouldn't be, for, for, he shouldn't look that bad. You know, maybe you get people, you don't look that bad against him. And, and he's the one I'm concerned about right now. Yeah. All right. I do have a question that I want to ask Shannon, but I want to, I want to talk about Kendrick Green a little bit more before I throw it over to Shannon on, as we continue with the offensive line. I love Kendrick Green. Mm -hmm. I voiced my concern that he is going to draw some penalties with his passion and fire <laughs> if it's not reined in, but that could be a problem though. So let me ask you this, Shannon, before I, I move on. Do we really want to rein Kendrick Green in? Or I mean, or does that negate his his power and his fire and his passion? But we just can't. I thought we were gonna get a dumb penalty on him yesterday, and it didn't happen. <laughs> it did not happen, and I was right. thrilled with that. Right. But but <laughs> yeah. It was so, <laughs> so that's my question. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: you neuter a dog, and you take <laughs> some of the fire away. Yeah, I right. don't want to neuter. I don't want to neuter Kendra Green, mm -mm. but I want to. I want him. I've got a dog right now, a puppy. He's crazy. He's attacking the other dogs, the little <laughs> dogs, he's attacking them because he wants to play. Because <laughs> he's got this fire and passion, and he's he's due for the snippy snip. But <laughs> I don't want to. I, I want to be careful though. You, you know what I mean? I don't want to take away the heart and passion that's so great about Kendrick green and tell him that, okay, you've got to calm down, but how do you weigh that? How do you, how do you make him continue to be that aggressive guy without doing stuff dumb? There's a line, you know, you, you got to walk it. Um, part of sometimes a guy's confidence uh, is tied into their enthusiasm uh, that, that, you know, the, this mental mindset of uh, playing to the whistle, I'm a warrior. You know, I can, <laughs> I mean, it, that first drive, I felt sorry for green. Um, everybody knows his weakness is he can't anchor once he snaps that ball. Cause he's always been a guard when he snaps that ball, if he's got size and, you know, uh, across from him, he struggles to absorb that and anchor and, and the Raiders number 90, I can't remember what his name was. Every time green would snap that ball on that first drive, he was getting driven back into being. And, and I was just like, Oh man, this, this is not good. Cause you know, you worry about him falling into Ben's legs. Uh, and, and, you know, not just the sack, but something potentially much worse. But after that first drive, you know, he got over there on the sidelines and everything you know, he regained his composure. He played much better after that. Uh, you can go back and watch it. The first drive was disastrous. Then he, he started playing better. But he also, as you said, Brian, he started playing very aggressive 
I mean, you know, he was like, hey, I got to fight. I'm giving up 50 pounds to this guy, you know, and if I don't fight and I don't get a little nasty, I can't compete. So there's that line that he's going to have to walk because he's always going to be undersized. He might gain 15, 20 pounds, you know, over the next few years and, and to try to hold up a little better, but he's always going to be undersized. He's going to use his, his explosiveness and his leverage and his athleticism. But yeah, you don't want to neuter him, as you say, uh, you don't want to make him lose confidence, but he's just going to have to walk that line. And eventually there's going to be a penalty. Maybe there'll be offsetting penalties. Uh, you know, uh, maybe there won't be any spitting involved if it ain't the Raiders. <laughs> uh, you know, because uh, uh, they, they definitely wanted to get that rivalry going again. And, and spitting on a person will definitely get that. Yeah. But uh, uh, no, I, I, I'm still very happy with Green. Um, I'm impressed. Um, and, and I see him learning each week through the struggles. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm very impressed with him as well. And you mentioned the spitting, and I that wasn't Kendrick Green, but I do want to talk about that. And no, Super Steel, yeah. yeah, and that was Trey Turner, but I do want to talk about that in a moment. And that ties into what Super Steelers is saying. Green is fine. Not sure why it's even a topic. The only reason it's a topic, and that you're right, because I love the guy, but I play devil's advocate sometimes, Super Steelers, and the only reason I'm bringing that up is because I've seen the live chat. I've seen fans turn on players in a hurry. And you're just about ready to tur turn on Trey Turner right now because he spit. Now we're hearing today that uh, he is claiming, he is emphatically claiming that he was spit on first. Um, so, and that's not what we're going to debate here. But what I'm saying is when Kendrick Green, no, not when, but if there was an instance where Kendrick Green gets an aggressive penalty that is deemed dirty and cost them 15 yards and possibly the game, you will turn on him. When I say you, the fans, Steeler Nation could possibly turn on him if they want to, if they find reason to turn on him. And that's that's something that we've seen when you put doubt in people's minds about a player. Somebody put doubt in people's minds over Kevin Dotson in the offseason. Mm -hmm. And guess what? We found out that it was unfounded, but there's people out there that still believe it. Now, you're there are people. Look. Trey Turner can be absolved completely from this. All right. They can find, they can have video that, uh, that says that he was spit on first, but there's still some people that are going to say he's a spitter. He's undisciplined. He's a bum. Get rid of him. And that's why I'm bringing this up. And that's the only reason maybe guys, am I jumping ahead? Am I creating scenarios that might not exist? Probably. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, the way he was reacting, I mean, the, the guy he spit on definitely did something. Uh, I mean, not that there's an excuse for it for, for, for that. I mean, he should have had a, a cooler head. But the other guy definitely did something to him that was pretty egregious, whether it was something he said, something he did physically, or he spit on him. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not absolving Trey Turner, but, but by all accounts, if you, even, according, even Mike Tomlin said this guy is a pretty – calm and, and even killed guys for him to react. I mean, he was going through everybody to get back at this guy. So something was done. 
And uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm not uh, excusing the action because it was pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty bad. But I don't, I, I don't think you're going to have a, a problem like that with this guy on a consistent basis. He's been around forever. He's a veteran, and he's an accomplished veteran. And I think he, he's a, he's a good veteran. And I was equate. Uh, the reason I brought up the spitting was not to even discuss Trey Turner because I, I really like the Trey Turner signing, and he's been coming up. Here's a guy that came up under fire day two. When Andrew Filipponi put out a tweet that uh, an unnamed source says that he's getting beat up in camp, and it was like day two, and yeah. so and now that has been the narrative, and I, I just want to spare Kendrick Green the narrative and get labels because there's people talking about it. That's the only reason that was brought up. Now, something I want to bring up is I want to continue to talk about the the offensive line, and we're gonna go to break. But we're going to answer this question when we come back. Is Ben having a problem getting started? Or is it the offensive line that is bringing him down? So we're going to answer that when we come back. Also take your questions. We'll do Q&A and have lots of fun as we get through this loss in week two together. It's Tony, it's Shannon, and it's bad on the Steelers Hangover on BTSC Radio. We'll be back right after this. 